Coming out of the nightmare abyss of the piney woods of East Texas. The random horror show. The best in commentary and reviews in horror, sci-fi, fantasy, cult classics, and the obscure from film, television shows, and literature. Join our horror hostess, Keisha Lacey, as she is scary, but random, horrific, upon you. Last but not least, she will chill you. Hey there, everybody. This is Keisha Lacey, your horror hostess with the Random Horror Show. And I have a spectacular, spooky guest for you guys. And our guest is David Marino with the Marino Show. And say hi to my wonderful, lovely ghouls and goblins out there, David. Hello, everybody, and thank you so much for having me on your show. I'm honored to be on it. I've been following you on social media for a while now, and I love everything that you do and everything that you stand for, and you've kind of helped me a little, whether you know it or not, because you are so raw and authentic, so it's kind of helped me be a little more, you know, real and try to be myself when I do my own show, so thank you for that. Oh my gosh, they appreciate it. Of course, <laughs> yeah. It. You're making me blush, but like, no, that means that's like that means a lot from the bottom of my heart. Appreciate it, you know. I just always want people to be there, their authentic self, especially if you're, you know, you doing content or anything else like that on social media. It doesn't matter, even you know, even even in your personal life. Yeah, yeah, and. And, you know, sometimes that's harder than you think it is, right? I think for people that create content, and this is relatively new for me. I've only been doing it for maybe two years, less than that on my own. Mm -hmm. And so um, I kind of look up to other people who are creating content and not like copy what they're doing, but just sort of take a cue from them, you know, like, oh, I like that. That's interesting. Maybe I can adjust that for my own thing and do my own thing, you know, and so... Yeah, I think it's it's really important, like what you're doing in the horror world, because those of us who like horror are the weirdos, and we're always kind of the different ones that sometimes are <laughs> misunderstood. So I love that you're out there representing, and it's just it's it's fun to watch you and see what you're doing and the people you interview and your knowledge of the horror genre. I just love it. Thank you so much. You have like some really good like horror genre like gems yourself um david i mean you said you've been doing this less than um two years and everything and um it's called the marino show i love i'm gonna tell you this i love your intro because i love the little top hat you have the two ladies dancing it's like this fanfare and i was like oh my gosh this is so freaking cool and how did you come up with the concept of like the merino show and also what is your like intro to horror like tell us all about that yeah i'll start off with like how i got into doing the show so mm -hmm. 
I have always worked in communications. I worked in news for 16 years as a reporter and ultimately a news manager. Then I transitioned out of that into city government. And now I work for an engineering firm in corporate communications. But while I was working in city government for a city right outside of Boston where I live, I would mm -hmm. do these video segments with people in, in the community, like residents. And one of them, her name is Candace Bellamy. And Candace is a podcaster. She's a doctor. She's a filmmaker. She's a singer. It's like one of those people that you just stand back and you're in awe of because they can, they do all these amazing things and they're in different areas. It's like being a doctor is completely different from being a filmmaker, which is completely different from being a singer. So I was fascinated by her and learning about her presence in the community. So Candace was hosting a show on Austin Music Television, which is where the Marino show airs now. And her show is called Coffee Break with Candace. She, after I left the city and, and took another job, she asked me, hey, would you like to be a guest host and do like mm -hmm. a few episodes a month? That's how it started because when I had interviewed her for the segment I was doing for the city, I told her, oh, I, you know, I used to do news a long time ago and I'd really like to do something outside of my work life that was interviewing people and, mm -hmm. So she remembered that and I credit her for getting me on this path because she got really busy in her work life and her podcasting life and filmmaking. She said, hey, I'm going to have to step away from doing the show. I think you should make it your own show. So that's how the Marino show was born and it airs. A lot of people think it's a podcast, but it actually airs on television, on public access, on Austin Music Television, Channel 16 here in Austin. You can watch it online. Um, so that's how that happened. And so ever since then, I, you know, have been doing this show and it started as I wasn't interviewing really just anybody really horror content related. It was sort of nonprofits and, you know, mm -hmm. people in the community. And then I started kind of shifting because my love as yours is, has always been centered around the horror genre and horror movies and the spooky and the scary. So I just started reaching out to different actors and movies that I watched in the eighties. And some of them said, yes, you know, some of them don't respond. And then I started interviewing people locally and, and also indie filmmakers in the horror world and, and all of that. So that's how the show started. It was sort of, it was, un it was just, I fell into it because I happened to meet somebody who, saw something in me. And when I, when I mentioned to you earlier, I mean, I did news, which was a whole different kind of, I mean, you're very serious, you're reporting on serious things, but I had never done, when I say, you know, I appreciate people like yourself who are authentic. I had never done a show that was really, it's not that it's about me, but I had to bring my personality out. When you're on the news and you're reporting, you're not really showing your personality. You're sort of you're, you're, you know, regurgitating facts. You're talking about this horrible thing usually that's happened, but I had to bring myself to the table. So over the past, I'd say year and a half, I've started to be more open, you know, in my interviews with people and talking about issues that are important to me and just being myself, which is, you know, I've talked to you about this when we, you were on my show, just about being gay. And, and I bring that up and I was scared to do that because, you know, I come from a conservative family. Not that my family doesn't know, but it's different when you're saying it out loud to a bunch of people. And I think mm -hmm. for my family, there's concern of, well, you don't want everybody to know your business. You don't want everybody to know 
for fear that they'll judge me. But my whole thing is, okay, I've already been judged my whole life. <laughs> so at this point, I don't care. It's like, I have to be myself. So when I talk about looking up to people like you that are authentic and who you are, I mean that from the bottom of my heart because it's not easy to be yourself and bring yourself to the table, especially in the world that we live in with the social media world where people hide behind their computers to say negative things about people. And that's not my style. That's not your style. I'm just here to share stuff that I love, which is horror. So that's a long answer to your question. But <laughs> the second part of it is how I started liking horror was I was very young. I was probably about six, seven in that age. And I think the first horror film I saw was the Friday the 13th, the original. Mm -hmm. And that is what sparked my love for those movies. Like it started with the Friday the 13th franchise. And then I started getting into other movies. My favorite is the original Halloween, John Carpenter's original Halloween, which as you know, spawned all the slashers that we went into the eighties with like the prom nights, the Friday mm -hmm. the 13th, you know, all of those. And so I would say that that was really the first film, the Friday the 13th franchise that got me interested and interested in my love for specifically the slasher genre. Like, you know, I love campy. I mean, literally camp Friday the 13th, but I love over the top campy messes of movies from the eighties slumber party <laughs> massacre. Do you know that one slumber yes. party massacre? That's yes. another one of my absolute favorites because it's just campy. It's, it's kind of a nod and a wink to the camera because slumber party massacre was made by a woman. So the, mm -hmm. the TNA and like the gratuitous nudity was done kind of on purpose. And it's more of a feminism. It's more of a feminist film because the women mm -hmm. take control. They're the ones that kill the driller killer. They're the ones that the guys all die and the women are left standing. So that movie, people misunderstand it. It's actually a feminist and you know it's a it's an empowerment film so even in the horror genre people assume that it's all like oh it's even in the 80s just exploiting women and all that well if you really pay attention there are some other things going on in some of those films that if you don't pay attention you don't catch it but that was one of those that i i love because it was kind of a testament to being empowered as a female and not being the victim, you know? And I loved it, I love it. So that's sort of where my love from horror started. That, yeah, for real. Uh, especially what you said about uh, that movie is that uh, when I watched uh, a lot of 80s horror, cause I grew up in the 80s and the 90s and there was very few films that actually had female empowerment. And mm -hmm. and I remember like how there was like this big hoopla of like saying, you know, because you know, horror was like actually put in a category of like pornography. Yeah. And they, you know, you know, saying like, hey, you know, it's just a bunch of like women getting killed. Um, you know, this is like from the male gaze because of like all the tits and ass, and then you know. Of showing violence well yeah i could I, I understand that point of view and but some of them were and some of them were yeah. yeah yeah some of them were they were 
but uh but there was like something about like slumber party massacre that you know i watched it and i was like oh snap and i feel that like a lot of people they don't really don't pay attention to the storyline of like horror films Mm -hmm. um because to me they just look at like just know nothing but surface but really pay attention to like the storyline of what's really happening and be like oh okay like frankenhooker um Mm -hmm. i watched frankenhooker i fucking love frankenhooker and i love um you know Frankenstein because Frankenstein is like the OG and it's one of my favorite uh you know stories and of course it's written by Mary Shelley and anybody that knows the history behind uh the whole uh how Frankenstein got started is because of a bet between her husband and um their friend you know we heard they had some throttles and stuff back in the day but it was like <laughs> Just saying, just saying, you know, that was a little bit like, you know, like on the swing of side like that. You See, know? And people think this is what's so funny. They think that some of these things that are in society today are just, oh, my God, they're just so like over the top and just offensive. This has been going on forever. I know, forever. right? Forever. <laughs> but, you know, there was the bet of like who can write the most scariest story ever. And guess who won? Mary Shelley. And that's how she came up with Frankenstein. But when when I seen the cover of Frankenhooker, this is like years and years ago, I just looked at it and I was like, oh Lord, this looks really stupid. So um, I, it was Lady Shasha. She like, did like this thing over um, Frankenhooker. And I was like, you know what? Never judge a film cover so when I watch Frankenhooker, I love the shit out of it. It's dark comedy. It's very campy, but it's also female empowerment. And it's blocked to tits and ass in it, too. <laughs> I but, haven't uh, seen it. I need to see it. I saw you to, shared about it the other day. And you, you, did a, to, you did an episode on it. Yeah, you need to watch it. You really do need to watch Frankenhooker because you'll not only laugh your ass off but there is a message like in that in that film it really is and you'd be like oh snap i didn't realize it was like that but i was just so impressed by frankenhooker and it's just and it just became one of my like favorite and it's a cult classic too and it has like everything which you can imagine about science fiction horror you know with this, a whole um, frankenstein like loosely based adaptation and you have like female empowerment in it and i was just like man this movie is like so badass i i encourage everybody to like watch frankenhooker well i want to see it especially after listening to your you know your podcast on it i think that i love discovering movies like that that i you know that i either didn't know existed or i saw it in passing but just never watched it so that is on my list to watch i need to see that now you do need to see it, but I was just like, I just misjudged this movie. I don't, it's just the cover of it, which like wrote, threw me off. And, you know, and I was like, I was thinking, I was like, you know what? I don't need to like sit there and look at like a movie cover, a film cover or whatever. And just say like, oh, they look like, they look stupid. No, I need to go check it out because if it's, you know, I just, you know, maybe they didn't have the budget or maybe they're right. like, 
art is like crappy or something. I don't know. They use probably use Canva or something. But um, but yeah, it's really like a really great movie. You you definitely definitely love it. Dude. And I love dark comedy. I love it. Like oh, you know, I love that alley. stuff. So oh, yeah, you, right up your alley. Yeah, I got to see it. So yeah, that's what I love about horror is that there are messages in these films if you really pay attention, you know, it's just like any other film, you know, you have your films that suck in horror, just like you have your films that suck in comedy and whatever. But I honestly, though, I feel like I'm the type when a movie's really bad, I actually like it. <laughs> because I love how bad it is. Like I, Showgirls, I know it's not horror related. Oh my God. Showgirls is like my ultimate favorite exploitation big budget film from the 90s that it was beautifully shot but it is just trash and i absolutely love it love it no, love everything no about me it. malone no me malone yes oh pollyanna what is it pollyanna what yeah <laughs> i just like how bad the acting is she's like i hate you i know here wipe your nose like it's just so ridiculous it is a ridiculous movie, but I that is one of like my favorites too. It is terrible. And I remember the backlash that Elizabeth Berkeley got oh God, because she I know. was in this film and we didn't even see Jesse for a long time. And I'm but just she's, like she's made like, you know, she's done well, like she's come back and done guest star, you know, roles yeah. in films and I mean, obviously she doesn't have the career that a, a mainstream A-list actress would have, but yeah, I the backlash against her was just crazy. And she can actually act. If you've seen her in other things, she can act. Yes, she can. She can act, but I feel that like, you know, everybody's gonna make a bad couple of movies every once mm -hmm. in a while, but I did I felt like she did not deserve that backlash because yeah it was it was terribly poorly made but it was just exciting because you see Kyle McLaughlin the one who plays Agent Cooper off of Twin, Twin Peaks yeah and, and and Blue Velvet you know and he yep. was like also in that movie The Hidden mm -hmm. <laughs> you know um and Gina Gershon Gina Gershon it was in there Oh yeah, what was like they had like that little connection, that little uh like lesbian connection where yes. they were talking about like dog food and to my yes, I, ate I love puppy chow. That's what she I said. love puppy chow and everything else. And I was just like, what does puppy chow have to do with it? But I, I think was, when you look okay. back at it now, like those are the types of films when you look back with years of you know a lot of time has gone by, like. Mm -hmm. It's such satire, you know, I mean, and Elizabeth Berkeley has embraced it now, which I love. And she said, you know, that's how she was directed. She was directed to be over the top and to act like that. And, you know, that film overall is a giant big camp. I don't know. I think what happened with that, I know this isn't horror related, but I just have to get it out because I think what happened with Showgirls was that it was marketed in a very sort of sexual way, like Basic Instinct. And you know Basic Instinct 
while it had mm -hmm. its campy moments, it was more of a serious, you know, it was erotic. It was like an erotic thriller. And so the same filmmakers, I think Paul Verhoeven, whatever, had mm -hmm. that was at that era where those films were kind of getting a lot of attention. And Showgirls was supposed to be the way they marketed it was kind of like that. If you watch the trailer, it was sort of like a basic instinct, but for like the showgirls, like how they have to do whatever to make it. If they had marketed that film as a campy satire comedy, it would have been fine. <laughs> yeah, it would have. Yeah. It, I think it it would have. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just love I loved her dancing moves mm -hmm. and stuff. And she's a wild cat and everything. I would just like crack it up with just the way how she was dancing. But like my favorite uh silly ass scene out of there is the swimming pool scene. The oh my god. Pool. I oh. die every time I see that scene because she looks like a dying fish. And I I just can't it, you can't even take the sex scene like seriously because it's so ridiculous. <laughs> I was straight pissy on that scene. I was like, what? in the hell is going i'm like that's that's not how you do it in the house <laughs> like, i'm like do you want me to go i'm like do you want me to come over there and show you how to do it like that and it was kyle <laughs> mclaughlin i mean hello kyle mclaughlin oh. i know right oh he's so he was just so cute he was dreamy like i, I and then twin peaks he was just i just love him especially oh that God. era yeah. Oh man, I was just like in love with some down like Kyle McLaughlin and um the other guy, Michael Onkin, that like plays the sheriff. Yes. He has yeah. a like really cute curly hair, but I was yeah. like more into like Agent Cooper. I don't yeah. know. He's just like was really quirky about things. I was like, damn, mm -hmm. I like these nerdy quirky ass dudes. <laughs> <laughs> Twin Peaks was another, like, that is sort of, you could consider it, I don't know if you want to say horror, but it definitely falls in that dark sort of genre. Twin Peaks. It really does. Yeah. It, it really does. And I remember watching Twin Peaks. Um, I was in sixth grade. And, you know, back then, you know, we didn't have cable or, you know, DVR or nothing like that. And especially if you live in a rural area, you have like three channels and that damn antenna out there. Mm -hmm. You have to. <laughs> but uh, my grandparents would go, we do our little thing, you know, we go to town and we go to Walmart. And that was like the highlight of a Saturday. Go to Walmart and then go to McDonald's and then we come back. So Twin Peaks is like coming on at nine o'clock. I'm like, Yo, we need to hurry up. My grandparents looking at me crazy. Like, what is she? No, what is she rushing us for? I'm like, Twin Peaks is coming on. So, like, literally, I dominated that whole TV set when Twin Peaks came. Like, y'all better not turn it off. Y'all better not put it on another channel and everything, because Twin Peaks is coming on. And I remember that so like clear, like it was yesterday. And and they're, and they're yeah. like, oh God, here she goes with this damn Twin Peaks. But that show, as you know, was, I think it still would be groundbreaking, great ground, I can't talk, groundbreaking by today's standards, because it's just so, it has not been done. It had not been done before. It was something very different. It was quirky, but it was, it was so well made, so well mm -hmm. written 
acted, all of it, the way it was shot. It was very different from what you saw on primetime television in the late 80s going into the early 90s. I think that show would have fit in better in today's sort of world of streaming. I think it would have caught on. But back then, I don't think people were ready for it because it didn't last very long. They made films, of course, but it didn't last very long. It didn't have the ratings, but it has a cult following but it i think it was way ahead of its time that show that's the reason why i liked it i mean damn i was so good back in the day a little little 12 year old but you know uh it was it was ahead of its time and that's the reason why i liked it i mean from the actors you know to the the story i mean we're still trying to figure out who the hell killed laura Kill laura yep <laughs> It was like so many people that had like their fingers all into this one case that it just like just developed into like so many sub stories and sub, uh, you know, uh, things that was going on. You know, you had Leo that was uh, selling drugs as a truck driver that mm-hmm. was married to an uh, old girl in the diner and then old girl at the diner and everything she was messing with bobby with the quarterback which is actually laura palmer's uh boyfriend it was yeah. just like it was just like some small town crazy mess and everything and you and that's i think that's the reason why i liked it is because you well, you're actually, in a small town you also right in a small town and you have like small town people always have these secrets and these like hidden desires and everything that you recognize like from, cause you know, they all wear this mask. They have, you know, out there, hey, how you doing? But then behind closed doors, they're doing like different weird shit that people just don't know. Uh, the, I, that was like the attraction um, to that. Of course, you know, the surrealism uh, with Twin Peaks. Um, and then you have the actors uh, on Ray Wise, who was who played Swamp Thing, um, mm-hmm. you had Piper Laurie, who was Carrie. Yeah, yes, yes. Such so iconic you, actors in in that show. Yeah, it was some iconic actors. Um, even when I seen Piper Laurie, and I watched Carrie when I when I watched Carrie, I watched Carrie. I think it was like in high school or eighth mm-hmm. grade or something like that. And this was like after um, competes and, you know, it got, got canceled and I seen Carrie and I was like, oh, I was like, oh, snap. It's like Piper Laurie that was, you know, on um, Twin Peaks. So you, I, I love when you see like the actors that you didn't know that was like in horror films or science fiction films or whatever mm-hmm. like that. And then you see him on a television show and then you look, you know, you rent a movie or whatever like that. And you see him in and you're like, oh, snap, that's like pretty cool. And you just like researched him. And I know we didn't have Google back then, but you just become like so excited mm-hmm. that you researched him because you're 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 very impressed with their um their acting. You know, she was um, Piper Laurie as Carrie White's mom. She was so scary and i didn't like her it was such an effective like her performance was like you just i know when i see carrie like her aside from sissy spacek obviously you know Mm -hmm. which i think everybody in that film did an excellent job but like 
you know, Piper Laurie, the way she portrayed the mother and you just felt like, oh my God, I couldn't imagine growing up in that house and being so secluded, you know, like kind of like your, your mother and you, and she almost like a codependent, but was mm -hmm. a codependent relationship, yeah, but it was so creepy. I, I hated her. I hated her. Like Piper Laurie played the hell out of Carrie White's mom, but I hated her because of her, she played her so well. I'm like, I hate this bitch. Yeah. She, why is she doing her like that? I'm I like, was glad then, when Carrie killed her. <laughs> I was too. I was so happy. I was like, it was like that, that satisfied. It was just satisfying to see that Carrie killed her mom because yeah. I was like, you're a bad mom. You suck. Why'd you do this girl like that? And then you use religion you know, in a very twisted, like, fucked up way, you know, and you shelter this girl because she has mm -hmm. this special, you know, power, which is telekinesis. And you feel that your daughter is like an agent of the devil. And I was just like, oh, my gosh. I mean, even in my little head, I was, you know, I'm like, I don't know, like, half the things, but I got it. And I was just like, yeah. you're an evil bitch. And That's I was, I, I was, I was, I was pleasantly surprised and satisfied that she killed her mom and the whole, uh, prom thing and stuff. Oh my gosh. That was like a wackadoodle best scene that Brian De Palma did with the whole, the, the, the way how the camera angles were. I mean, they got every shot of Sissy Spacek. And by the way, Sissy Spacek is actually born in East Texas. She, um, is from Quitman. Oh, well, I know that. I didn't realize she was from Texas, but she did a film that I liked growing up called Raggedy mm -hmm. Man that they filmed here in Texas. Look it up. It's not like a horror movie, but it was a movie I grew up watching. Henry Thomas is in it too. He plays her kid from E.T. He's okay. in Raggedy Man. It was made in 1981. Eric Roberts, a young Eric Roberts is in it. What? Yeah, so go... Find Raggedy Man. It's a it's a good movie. I like it. And it was filmed in um, Martindale. I believe Martindale, Texas, here outside of San Marcos here in this area where I live. So um, oh. so that makes sense that she's from Texas. I, I like Sissy Spacek. Yeah, but she's like, but she's uh, like, Quitman is like, actually like, I think it's like an hour and a half from where I'm at. So yeah, she's basically like born here in East Texas in Quitman. I was very small town. I think it grew a little bit, but from uh, she's from Quitman, Texas. But the movie I really love Sissy Space again, other than Carrie, is Cole Miner's daughter playing. Uh, yes, Loretta Lynn. Yeah, sweet. I love that. I love I that movie. You, yeah, Cole Miner's. She won, I think, the Academy Award for that one. I think she won. Yeah, Cole Miner's daughter. Um, mm -hmm. But I, the reason I also love Carrie so much is because I always felt, well, I knew, like, as a kid, I mean, I had my friends, but I was made fun of a lot, as we all are, for some mm -hmm. reason or another. But I, this sounds really awful and morbid, but I used to love that she took her revenge out at the, this is why I think I loved horror so much, because there was a revenge factor, and the fact that she was able to take them all out I know this yeah. sounds morbid, y'all. I'm not crazy. I go to therapy, whatever. <laughs> I've worked out my issues. But at that time, watching that as a kid that was made fun of and sort of called names and everything, 
I identified and I used to wish that I had telekinesis, Keisha. I used to wish so I could like <laughs> blow people up. Like, and that and Firestarter. I used to wish I could be like Drew Barrymore and just blow the hell out of people up. I know it's crazy. It was a lot of anger that I had in me, <laughs> but no. I, I related. I loved it. I absolutely loved Carrie and how she she got she took them all out at the end. I was like, good for you. <laughs> right. Like I told, I, I get it. I told, I understand and no, you're not crazy because you know, I've been bullied and stuff like that. And I wished I had like telekinesis also because that whole like scene of like the prom, I was like very satisfying. And I was like, yeah, that's what you hoes get for like fucking with Carrie White. Like yep. the whole, you know, the the locker scene. And, oh God, that was. Oh so my God. I was just like, "Why are you doing this, girl, like that?" Because I was like, "Kids are so mean," but like teenage girls are just fucking vicious. Mm-hmm. And and I was just, and it just like, I was just like so like heartbroken. Because she didn't know what it was. Right. And her and it was her mom's job to tell her that. Like it was her fucking mom's job to tell her what a period is and and biology and administration and stuff like that. And then you let her go on for like that long of not knowing about her body and stuff. I was like, you're a badass mom. But then you amped it up with the whole teenage girls like throwing tampons and Big old horse mattress maxi pass. Come on, plug it up, plug it up. I was just like, I just want to give her a hug. I know. And you know, it's so relatable, not for me per se, but like, I know, I always say this, I've said this. I think that if women really united and supporting each other, supported each other, they would take over the world. But I think women and girls can be, and I think guys, it's different. I don't know. They compete with each other, but it's not in the same way. I always said, like, women are vicious to each other. Vicious. So when when you see, and I'm not saying that in a chauvinistic, any sort of way like that. I'm just saying y'all can be, like, I, I don't see, like, with guys, I feel like they get in a fist fight or they get into a fight and then move on, right? They're kind of done with it. Right. Them. But, yeah. like, with women it's a lot of under sort of lying stuff. It's like nice to your face and then they'll turn around and stab you in the back and it's very manipulative and mean. And so when I saw that scene, you could see that actually really happening. Like you could see them treating her that way, you know? Um, So yeah, I I just, I don't know what it is. That was just the crazy, yeah. I, I, I'm a woman too, but shit, I don't understand that shit myself. <laughs> but I'm just like, uh, that's I mean, why I don't like making women mad. I'll just tell you that. <laughs> I'm I, I don't I like don't making, like women making mad. them mad because they are like a different level of, I can't match that. I can't, you know, <laughs> I can't match that. I'm not going to win. Like, as a gay man, I'm still not going to win. Like, I just, I don't. I'm screaming. Yeah, I'm just like, <laughs> I'll just be fine. You you can be mad. I'm going to go away. You know, like, I, I just, it's a different kind of thing. I don't know. That's just my I, opinion. I'm just, I'm, I'm more, like, I can get mad, but it's more of like, you know, I like assess the situation. And I'm just like, if, if I see that you was trying and you just made a mistake, I'm like, okay, 
totally get it. But if you just do just some deliberate ass bullshit to me, just, right. be, just for the hell of it, just to be spiteful, then I'm just like, yo, uh, just wait and see. You know, it's like the, <laughs> how they say it, fuck around and find out. And <laughs> it's like one of those things with me. And that's like rare of me to like come out like with that and everything. But I'm one, I'm part of that gang right there. Well, it's but, good though. Um, I mean, I will, like I said, I think I always am supportive of women in general, no matter what. But I do think if that they, if if more of them supported each other, it take over the world. Seriously, for real. I, like, I think they already run a lot of the world. But I'm just saying, I think if they united, it would be a whole different world that we're in. Exactly. I mean, even if it's like a woman that you know like because i'm in the beauty business and mm -hmm. the you know you have to put your personal stuff aside with you know with mm -hmm. business and you know it's like some i just don't see eye to eye but i'm not gonna be nice nasty with them or nothing like that and yeah. i'm gonna be very respectful and i'm not gonna like shade her business or what she does or anything right. else like that because you know that's just being a shitty person right. so i may not like you know support her business or whatever like that but i'm not going to be an ugly person towards her when right. i see her in the street or like a we're at a public event you know yeah. because you know i'm like you know that's just being you know you're, you're, you're support it's like you support you supporting women but you but you put your differences aside. Right. Now, if she's gonna be acting like a like a toad ass, just just a yeah. big old butthole, then you're just like, lady, come on. You know, we're grown women. We you know, be real. And I you, can, you know, I always go ahead. I was just saying, you know, you could be cordial and just keep it neutral, but yeah. I just don't understand like, you know, how I don't know. I I feel it's like it's a maturity thing. And some of them like are stuck in high school with the mean girl, you know, spirit with them and stuff. And they carry that on into their adult lives, which I'm like, leave, you leave that shit in high school. Yeah. Yeah. You know. And so, yeah, I always just say, I think men and women are different and there are things that men are, that they have their strengths in and what, and women have their strengths in. And I've always said, especially with women that. I feel like women have to multitask a lot more than men and they have to take care of the kids, have the career, like the husband or like father or whatever usually gets to just focus on their work because the kids always tend to, you know, the mom ends up having to take a lot of that. I've always felt that way. The responsibility of, of doing everything. And it's a, I think it's a lot tougher for women in general, like just, trying to keep it all together i don't think you have a like you all have to multitask you know you don't have a choice so that's what i've always admired my mom's a really strong woman and my aunt linda is a really strong woman my dad was strong too but i just think women have a different kind of strength that men don't have they just do it's a different it's a different kind of strength so yeah. And we do. We do and everything. That multitasking shit, uh-uh. I'm just like, <laughs> some of that multitasking shit. I was like, let's lay some stuff down and just do the best to our ability. And I had to like, 
be real with myself because oh lord have mercy I was like, and i have add too which makes it way worse and i'm just like uh-uh just do one two things at but i'm time. telling you though men would have given up <laughs> the first hour of that <laughs> yeah what That's you talking ridiculous. about they would have oh shit i can't do this shit oh, oh my no God. i'm telling you as a man too like no as soon as it starts getting like that i'm like what uh-uh <laughs> yeah i get upset I, about things that you know anybody else would probably be fine with well i know women would but i'm just like having a meltdown so yeah <laughs> yeah for real I, I mean even like with my son like he starts having a meltdown and i'm just like are you okay <laughs> i'm like oh my god i'm like Oh, and I noticed like men are very emotional, mm -hmm. super emotional. But they yeah. act like they're not, especially especially straight. Uh, you know, I, I, know. I, I always joke because I'm single and I have to, you know, of course I have family that if I was really needed help, but like I always joke with these straight men that have their wives that take care of them and help them when they're sick. I remember a few weeks, a few months ago, I had strep and the flu. I had to take my ass to the grocery store to get my prescription on Memorial Day with all these people. And all I could think of was these damn straight men at home with their wives that would be here getting this stuff for them. And <laughs> I'm doing this all by myself. I'm fucking deceased, bro. You know what? Like, I'm going to tell you this right here. Like, they act like some total babies when they say it could be like a cold. Help! Oh my God, I'm dying. And, and when I was married, my ex-husband, when he was my husband at the time, and he acted like that. I'm like, motherfucker, it's just a cold. I'm like, do you just want some tea or whatever? <laughs> and, I don't know, and he was like over dramatic with it. And I just sit there and just looked at him and I was like, you know what? This marriage shit is not cracked up to be. It's like this motherfucker is acting like this over a just a cold, just a hit you. You know, it's not that serious. I had bronchitis and I'm like, and I had my son, he was a baby at the time, and my daughter, she was eight years old. And I was just doing this and that. And of course, I rested and everything. But I would be honest, like, if you have, like, a really good spouse, you know, they make sure that you are being taken care of. Yeah. But I didn't have, like, a good spouse, but I just wanted some punk-ass, like, herbal tea and everything. And yeah. he, like, looked at my daughter, and he just, like, can you make your mom some tea? I'm busy. And I was just like, okay, this is another reason why I'm finna divorce you. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I was just like, but you like, and, I, and and you know, at first I did feel sorry because he was sick. But then when it was a couple of times he got sick and I was like, you know what? I don't feel sorry for this cat because you're playing. You're like definitely playing and yeah. and you're being over dramatic and it's not, you know, you, you're just being an idiot with it. And I don't know. It it was it was like I I just couldn't I just couldn't understand it. I just never yeah. understood why somebody would be that manipulative. I mean, like we all feel bad when we have a cold. 
Yeah. But, um, but you know, I'm doing, you know, hey, here's some soup, here's some juice, you know, stuff like that. But then when it comes down to me, it's like, yeah, you got it, you know, or something like that. But yeah, I totally feel you because I'm super single myself and I'm just like, I gotta get some medicine. <laughs> I was like, I wish somebody get this for me. Oh my I God. I know. It's just, it sucks when you're like in that role and you just, Sometimes you want to be taken care of. That's all there is to it, you know? And, do. You, and when you, you really can't, do. that's where I, I was so resentful that day. I don't blame you at all because I get like that sometimes. And I just be like glaring at them and stuff. And I'm just like, <laughs> I hate you all. Yes. <laughs> I got a question for you yeah. and everything. And since like we're talking about horror and all different kinds of stuff, because this is the random horror, should we just talk about random shit? That's but, why I um, love your show because it can go off in all these different directions. I love it. I know, right? But we always come back. To right? Horror, come back to horror. Right? So like, you know, you mentioned that you are gay and stuff. So like, one of the things that um I like noticed in like a lot of horror films is like the whole like LGBTQ uh, queer uh, horror things or like characters um, in horror movies. Now mm -hmm. the one that um, I was you know aware of is like Nightmare on Elm Street too, mm -hmm. and watching it as a kid. I was like sitting there looking at the uh, the main actor, and I was and I thought about it. And I was like, you know what, this guy is gay. Mm -hmm. And I caught and I caught that. I caught that as a kid. I caught it. But how do you like feel about like horror right now that is like not putting you know uh, somebody that you know that's LBGTQ you know, as the villain, because I noticed that that was like the current like trope thing in a lot of horror films. Were they, so don't, what do you, were they don't were they, make them the villain? Yeah, where they don't make them the villain, because back then they like made them the villains and stuff. So how do you feel about horror right now of not making, you know, anybody that's an LBGTQ character in a horror film, not a villain? You know, I kind of feel like just like with anything i mean being part mm -hmm. of that community i feel like you're playing a character that's just one element of who you are like being gay doesn't change that you can be a great person a crappy person a murderer i mean you're just mm -hmm. like everybody else so for me like being inclusive it's not mm -hmm. like making them the villain and that they're a bad person but like it doesn't, to me, like being gay, straight, bi, whatever, doesn't matter when it comes to horror. It's like, you're either the killer or you're not, you know, or you're right. the villain or you're not. So mm -hmm. I don't see like, an, for me, I actually feel like it would be unexpected, you know, mm -hmm. like in a horror movie today, if they made the gay person, like they're the ones who are doing everything at the end of the movie, you probably wouldn't expect it just because you know, there is this thing where it's like, oh, we don't want to make them the villain because of whatever, you know? Um, yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I think there would be something wrong with it if you made them the villain because they are gay. If you made, oh, well, you know, like if you tied it to their sexuality that this is why they are like, you know, the way they are, 
I don't necessarily think it could just be somebody who's crazy. You know, they're just, mm-hmm. they've lost their mind over something that has nothing to do with being gay. Now I know that's such a hard line to walk because a lot of gay people truly like mm-hmm. who have grown up and struggled with it. There mm-hmm. are things that happen to you in your life that make you see things a different way. And some people may want to take revenge out on people for because of their past. But I think mm-hmm. that if you just made them like anybody else, like you just, something happened in their lives that triggered them and, and that was why they became the villain and that's fine. But I think the thing that a lot of people in the LGBT commu- LGBTQ plus community don't like is when you single them out and make them so much like so different that mm-hmm. they're not just fitting in with everybody else. Like you notice a lot of shows now won't even acknowledge if someone's trans or they're gay, that's part of the character, but like, like in euphoria or shows like that, that are newer, Mm -hmm. the younger generation doesn't really make it an issue. You know it and they'll show them with their partner or whatever, but they don't make it like the focal point. Like, Oh, here's the, here's the gay character that has to come in and, and teach everybody, you know, (laughs) about accepting, you know, because that's what it was back in the day when we were growing up whenever there was a gay like a out an open gay character in a film they were flamboyant they were, mm-hmm. had to make everybody know they were gay they had to mm-hmm. be over the top because that is what people the the male executives and people who are making those films that's how they viewed it it wasn't coming from somebody that was in the gay world so for me i think just make them if you want to make someone the villain make them the villain but don't do it because they're gay because they're straight whatever um the nightmare on elm street 2 nightmare on elm street part 2 thing is i love that movie and like you i kind of figured that out young that oh he's gay but i Mm -hmm. think what was so i think problematic for mark Patton with that film is that and you've probably seen it is that they kind of intentionally wrote it and made it that way because he was gay in real life. So they Mm -hmm. kind of made it to where it came out, which in some ways wasn't fair to him because at that time in 1985, you could not be openly gay and be an actor. You just, right. And so I think some of the, the things that they did or some of the, the scenes like with the coach and the SM and the gay bar and all of that stuff. It's like they chose an actor that they knew was openly gay and they put him in a film that, you know, that was kind of a nod and a wink, but he didn't realize it. And people might question like, well, how could he not know he was in a movie that was sort of, um, you know, kind of bringing that to the surface? Well, because if you're gay and you're trying to hide it from everybody, you're so in the the depths of that that you're not even sometimes aware like you're just trying to like survive and and keep it under wraps that sometimes what may seem obvious to other people for you you're in it so you're just trying to like i'm gonna do this role and play it straight and so that stuff may not have been like something that he was even trying to think of you know that's just my i know i've gone off i don't know what your opinion is on it but i know i've kind of gone off on the sidetrack but i think that i love the film i think it's it's a good film I, i do think that they used his real life to sort of 
cast him and and mm -hmm. that way i i don't think that was necessarily helpful to his career um so i do empathize with him when he talks about that film and that while it brought him a lot of good things today it kind of ruined his career at the time you know like it prevented him from really moving forward right um yeah because i um i read a couple of articles about the actor and yeah it was it was kind of like oh we're gonna write this because we know he's gay and it, it is i feel that was like a violation to his privacy yeah and um and they didn't have to do him like that right and he really did he really did play the hell out of his character he just, <laughs> got the body <laughs> and i got, I got the brain. brain i mean jesse jesse is such a good and that film today i mean yes what they did is what they did but it does kind of the underlying theme of that movie which is why it's considered a gay film a gay horror film is because it's almost like they liken his struggle with freddie to kind of mm -hmm. his struggle with coming to terms with the sexuality how he can't really move forward with lisa you know like he can't get mm -hmm. intimate with her and that freddie and him have this weird kind of erotic dance that you didn't really see freddie have with like nancy or it's a different kind of it was definitely pushing the envelope and it it's like they knew what they were doing with it and i mm -hmm. think i feel like the only one who didn't know was mark the actor i think that yeah i think he was so close to it that it was hard maybe to see i'm not him so i don't know but just i would think that it would have just he was just trying to like keep it under wraps and be an actor and do this film and and remember at the time nightmare on elm street was it was huge when it came out it, i mean it was a little film that got a, it's what put new line cinema on the map mm -hmm. because that first film became such a cultural phenomenon that anyone would have wanted to be in the sequel so when you're a young person just trying to make your way in the world and you get offered like elizabeth berkeley this role of a lifetime you're not really i think thinking about all the things that are attached to it necessarily or the repercussions that you're kind of not paying attention to and i just don't think that he truly saw all of that and i think they used him they used him in a way and i i think that's what's sad about it what i do appreciate about the film is that it's a, a it's a well done film it's a different mm -hmm. very different in the nightmare on elm street series it's a it's a different type of tone but today i think it's gained its 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 kind of cult standing and i think that people in the gay world appreciate the film even though i don't think they went about it making it the right way i think that yeah. you can appreciate today in 2023 when you look at the underlying message that struggle and and just trying to overcome that i think that it does have a place in gay cinema yeah i i i that was it was really scary I, like that the second one was really scary I mean, mm -hmm. the first one was scary, but like the second one was really scary, and it I was just like very impressed by uh Mark of you know his acting, and it's one of, and I heard people just don't like it, and I was like, why not? I mean, it's 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 really 
I'm like, it's a really good film, but you know, people just, you know, how they are about Nightmare Elm Street films. Um, I think with- part of it too is that it wasn't, and I don't know how you feel about this, but mm-hmm. up to that point, the survivor was female. It was the scream queen. And he is considered a scream queen today. But I yeah. think what also maybe turned audiences off was that typically the heroine in, in those films, in the horror films, it was a female. It was, it was you know, the woman that ended up surviving in the end. I, I think maybe, I think there might have been an, people kind of knew they felt it that this was kind of one of those movies that mm, if they had any prejudices against gay or whatever, that they felt that. I'm not saying that everybody mm-hmm. who doesn't like the film, that's why, but I'm just saying that mm-hmm. at the time, maybe there was some stuff with that going on. And then I also just think it was something different. Like you weren't used to seeing the male be the green queen or be the one that survives and as right. much as like people say the 80s movies were like not feminist and anti-feminist, people really wanted the woman to survive at the end. <laughs> she had to be the the winner, you know? And I think that that turned that notion on, on its head. And I don't think people were, I think anytime there's a major backlash to something, there's some truth to it that people don't like. And there's also something different about it that they don't like. Maybe they can't put their finger on it, but it's just not what they're used to. So they rebel. People rebel against things that they don't, they're not familiar with a lot of times. Oh yeah. What do you think? What do you think about it? Like (sighs) why they don't like it or why you think people don't like it? Nightmare on Elm Street 2 as much as the others. I believe it's because of, you know, the Jesse, you know, being the final. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the final girl. The, the yeah. final girl. They, it's like, why him? Mm-hmm. And I, I believe it's because of some of the undertones, um, especially mm-hmm. with the coach and him. Yeah. Um, I think like during that time, they really wanted to see like, oh, this is a straight male and she's a really high girl and everything else. But that just didn't happen because, you know, um, he was he was uh, really um, coming to terms with, you know, his sexuality and everything. He was going through a lot of stuff. And then, of course, you know, they're in Nancy's like old house and then you have all of this you know, Freddy Krueger shit right there, which amplified, like, you know, the whole situation with Jesse. And I feel that, like, a lot of people just did not just get it. Mm-hmm. And they were looking for, like, oh, okay, Freddy Krueger is going to, like, uh, terrorize this guy and everything and blah, blah, blah. You know, we're going to see the same thing kind of like we've seen with Nancy and, and you know, Johnny Depp and all them. But when they seem like they're 180 with it, they're like, whoa, what the hell is this shit? Mm-hmm. We thought we were going to see Freddy Krueger, Freddy Krueger. But we're seeing mm-hmm. this guy who is a little different from us. What is going on? You know, and like you said, people rebel because it's something different. And it was, it was different. It was unique. I just didn't, you know, didn't like the way how they used his, you know, his sexuality, sexuality yeah. with it you know, with making the film. Um, I didn't like that. 
very cool, but it did bring something to the table of like the whole Nightmare on Elm Street, you know, franchise. And it is, it's a very different um, film from all the rest of the films. Yeah. It really and is, it's different. And I think the, the beauty in it today is that, you know, Mark Patton is very well loved in the, I see, I don't go to a lot of conventions, but on the convention circuit, He's very mm -hmm. well loved by the fans. Um, I think it has found its place with with a lot of people in the in the genre, and so there is a lot of love for the film. It's a, still it's a very divisive film in the franchise. I think that there mm -hmm. are people that still hate it, and there are people who love it. It's one of those. It's either you love it or you hate it. You know, it's right. it's one of those, but. What I do like to see is, you know, when I look at his social media, that he has so many people that just come to see him and love, especially in the gay community, that while the intention at the time wasn't him to be like this sort of, you know, hero for the community, that is what I feel like it has become. Something that wasn't such a positive experience for him at the mm -hmm. time has, in today's times, kind of flipped. It's kind of, the narrative has changed. And mm -hmm. people view it as that's, you know, he actually is a role model in some ways, you know, and did something different, whether intentional or not. That's what I feel is the beauty of that film in 2023 is that it can be looked at in, through a different lens now. For real, and that's bars. <laughs> 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 yeah i love well, it well david i have some random trivia questions for you cool yay yay i yay. told you before we started i was nervous about the trivia because i don't want to look like an idiot but it's fine <laughs> if i do this is unedited so just <laughs> it's fine i want you to have fun with it and like just answer the best that you can yep. and hey you ready yep i'm ready let's go all right question number one which 80s actress who played colonel wilma during starred in this movie that is part of the Friday the 13th series. What did she play? I said, Colonel. which, yeah, which 80s actress who starred as Colonel Wilma Deering from Buck Rogers' 25th Century starred in oh, this movie? I know, I know. Because you said Buck Rogers, so it took me. Uh, Betsy Palmer. No. Oh, darn it. Ugh, she was. He was in Jason Goes to Hell. What is the name of the actress? From Jason Goes to Hell. Um, he was in Jason Goes to Hell, and I've seen her at uh, Comic-Con, and she still is pretty as the day. Oh, like she was in season. Silver Spoons, right? Yes. Erin Gray. Okay. That is correct. That's correct. Erin yeah. Gray. She was in Jason Goes, Goes to, to Hell. hell. Yep, yep. You you talking about I love I'm feeling love with Freddy Thirteenth and everything. You're supposed to already know this. I know, but I kind of Ooh. I'll be honest. Jason goes to hell. That wasn't one of my favorites. I kind of like one through like seven. 
you know, I kind of mm -hmm. lost. Although I did like Jason X. A lot of people didn't like that one. I did. I liked Jason in space. Their hoe was in space killing. I know. <laughs> I loved Jason X. I thought the special effects were good. And I thought that it was, it didn't look low budget. I thought it was a good movie. People hate that movie. And I loved it. You know, okay. oh. I kind of low key like Jason X because I was just like, what is this fool doing up in the in the in the space? I'm like, you finna go and seek out new life? No, you're not. You finna kill new life. <laughs> I know. I liked it. I I know that it's ridiculous, but yeah, I liked it. <laughs> right. So see, I've already uh, gotten the first one wrong. Now let's get the second one wrong. <laughs> okay, let's get the second one wrong. All right then. All right. Uh, I'm, you know what, I'm relaying these questions because, um, you know, I see that you always have like, I do like know, Friday the 13th. They said it like Freddy Krueger, like your um, Funko Pops and y'all, you know, even with like Michael Myers, you'd like, I love you know, Michael. doing little stuff like that. And so that's the reason why we're relating some of these questions. I was like, you know, you should know somebody. Okay, All right. Second, second question. Is name the 80s sci fi horror film produced by Roger Corman and it stars Robert England as Ranger. Name the 80s sci fi horror film produced by Roger Corman and stars Robert England as Ranger. Um, is it something galaxy, right? Yes. Galaxy of Terror. That is correct. Oh, I got one. I'm shocked. Yay! Yeah, <laughs> that was that was like a bad movie, but I love it. It's just so bad. I was like, what in the hell is this and I love right Robert here? And that he's done so many other things that people don't know about. He is he's still a cutie to me, but I I just like I love Robert England. Um when I didn't even realize that was him that was playing um, Freddy Krueger, but you know I watched it. But I really uh, liked him in the show V when he played oh, Will. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he like just won my heart as um, when he played Willie. And then when I found out he was Freddy Krueger, I was like, oh, okay. So I always liked it, you know him. He was like really good. And you know what else I think of him with, even though it's not like um, like a movie people would necessarily see him in, Urban Legend, remember he was the professor? Yep. I, I loved him in that. And that's not like a movie people often remember him for, but I always remembered him in Urban Legend just because I liked that movie. And I liked he him. Was also, he was also in Wishmaster. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. done a lot of stuff. Yeah, my mom, she loved, she, I don't know, she was, like, really finky about, like, horror films. Like, she loved, uh, she always loved Wes Craven because, you know, Night, um, Nightmare on Elm Street. She loved Freddy Krueger. If it was, like, anything else, like, I was trying to, like, show her uh, um, Evil Dead too, and she's like, oh, hell no. <laughs> but it's just, like, it's, but it was Wishmaster. Like, she, like, loved, like, Wishmaster. She just, I don't know. She was just a, such a big fan of Wes Craven. But yeah. so finicky about her horror movies. I was like, I don't get it. But okay. You know, but, um, but yeah, she, she loved the hell out of some, uh, Robert England. She even watched the TV show. Remember the TV show? Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, she like Freddy's Nightmare. She loved yep. that show. She remember did. they even had a the Friday the Thirteenth show too. Yeah, the series. Yeah, I used to watch some of those. I watched some of that in oh, what's the one? The Baywatch Nights. Yes, was like it. Yeah, like Mitch, like went all like PI and everything else, like um, you know, investigating the supernatural. Have you ever like noticed like on the night, you know, those ninety shows, especially when it gets like to one of the romantic, sexy scenes, they always have that damn saxophone playing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what that reminds me of? Like Silk Stockings. Do you remember that show? Yeah. That's what I think of when you mentioned that. Silk Stockings is like, I used to watch that on the USA Network because I just loved that show. And it's totally that. <laughs> that made you, that made, took you back, right? Silk Stockings. <laughs> oh my God, my chest, my chest is just wheezing. Oh my Oh my God, I'm trying not to have a heart attack. But yes, I just remember they always had that that saxophone solo playing. And you know, yep. it's like going to be like a real sexy, you know, oh, they're going to get together, romantic. Oh my gosh, I just, I, I couldn't, I just couldn't do nothing but laugh. I was like, this is just pure cheese. <laughs> that was 90s though like 90s was still cheesy in a different way from the 80s they it really were but i i, I just couldn't do nothing but just just hear that saxophone just every type of show back then they yeah. had that saxophone playing i was like oh they finna get they finna clap cheeks you know, <laughs> he finna blow a back out you know? <laughs> all right <laughs> All right, next random question. Uh, popular Tears for Fears song featured as a school bus cutout scene for our doomed hero in this 2001 film directed by Richard Kelly. And this is actually a two-part answer. Huh. It's a two-part. It's a two-part answer to this question. And it's a two, what was the, it's a what film? Like, is it a horror movie? It is a science fiction horror drama movie. I'm going I'm to read it again. Popular Tears for Fears song featured as a school bus cutscene for our doomed hero in this 2001 film directed by Richard Kelly. Um, I'm going to throw a little bit, a couple of hints. It had yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, Donnie Darko. Donnie right. Darko. I and love Jake we, Gyllenhaal, so yes. Donnie Darko is weird. I know, that was like a super weird film, but what was the song, the, the Tears for Fears song that was in it? Oh. Can't remember the bus scene? I'm trying to think. It wasn't, it wasn't Shout, was it? Nope, it's the other one. Everybody Wants to Rule the World? Nope. Oh, Sowing the Seeds of Love? No, okay, the video, they would, like, in the Tears of Fear video and stuff, they was, like, in the library, and it was, like, a like a chimpanzee in it. Oh, it's the, um... You something... hear the, like, the, the piano? 
Oh, Head dun, Over Hills. That's it. Dun, yeah. dun, 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 well, I got dun, half of the question right. <laughs> well, you did. So, like, that's not bad. That's not bad right there. It's like one of my. I love favorite. Donnie. I remember Donnie Darko. I don't remember it that clearly. I haven't seen it in years. Oh, man. That Donnie Darko was something else that I. I need uh, to rewatch it and kind of see it today because I haven't seen it since maybe since when it came out like it's been that long i just i've always liked jake and i like that he's done kind of like some weird stuff like that so yeah i like it because you see a very young seth rogan in it mm -hmm. and um and then of course like jake and maggie's like in it like brother and sister you i know, know and they really are that's what's crazy about that that was like the coolest like duo ever now they made a sequel but i never saw it it looked like it was I, bad. it's supposed to be like about samantha you know the baby girl samantha mm -hmm. and i like the whole dinner scene where they was like arguing they had like the political talk because they was like eating pizza and stuff you know middle class yeah. like white people shit and and they got like donnie and like his sister got into it and then samantha's like what's that fuck ass no <laughs> it was so funny it was like laughing i was like that is just something i was like that's just something that happens at like with my kids they were like what's a foot what's a dumb fuck you know yeah <laughs> like, that's what? funny it was cute it was cute fuck ass you fuck ass <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh but that was that was a pretty like and it had patrick swayze in i know drew barrymore in there I know. I like Patrick. I miss I Patrick know, Swayze. I, miss, I know. I miss him. I miss Patrick Swayze. Man, he's, he's, he's badass in Roadhouse. Oh, I know. Roadhouse is streaming now. I think it's on Netflix. Um, I saw it the other day. Like, I didn't watch it, but I remember him in that. I liked... Do you remember... You know what other film I remember? Maybe a lot of people don't think of. Red Dawn. But Oh my gosh, man, that like trippy sci-fi, like apocalyptic, yes. you know. Yeah, um, and him and Jennifer right Grey were in it, and then they were in Dirty Dancing. Yes, nobody don't put baby in the corner. And do you know that they didn't really like each other, right, in real life? I heard Jennifer about Grey. that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they ended up having a good working relationship, but they just, you know, everybody has their own, they're just some people you don't gel with that was what it was that's what you know she even said it wasn't that they hated each other it's just they know, just did they just didn't yeah. mesh yeah but you would never know that like i think that's what made it dirty dancing so the chemistry because they probably really maybe they did have like a sexual tension because they hated each other <laughs> i don't know maybe that usually happens right there yeah. you can hate you can hate somebody and have like some really intense sexual tension between that person because i was because just like chemistry in that movie that was like for people who hated each other it's like mm, i don't know it's interesting that does happen it is it's interesting it's it's i don't i don't know but i had i actually had that attraction with somebody before and i was like god i hate this dude but damn you know who else, <laughs> you know who else that had that on screen that they written didn't really like each other. Um, David Duchovny and Gillian Anderson. 
Yes, from X Files. And yes. they didn't get along well during the shooting of that, and they no, had didn't. a they had a really intense chemistry as well. So there must be something about not liking somebody that brings out a, that kind of a feeling. I don't know. <laughs> I have I I don't know, but yeah, when I uh, read that, they they never you know they just didn't like each other. And you just couldn't tell because I was a big X Files like fan, and I'm still am a big X Files fan. But then when you start to rewatch it, you can see like a little bit of the cracks showing, and mm -hmm. you're just like, oh, okay, now I see. You just have it's it's like in like in small flashes, and you just have to like really really pay yeah. attention to it. Because it's like some things that you can see. It it's like mostly you can see like the shade from Jillian Anderson <laughs> or David Duchovny, and it is funny as shit. And I don't know how she, it's like hiding in plain sight, but yeah. she's so. But both of them are so professional of keeping that chemistry between Fox, you know, like you know Scully and Mulder. And you're just like, oh wow, this thing, you know, they're like the coolest couple and everything else, but they're like, fuck it, fuck yeah, blah, 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 like that. Yeah. But I'm like, but I'm really like impressed by the professionalism with Me both too. of them. Because that I would really be hard am. to dislike somebody and have to work that closely with them every day. Ugh. Ugh. This is ugh. Just make you have to just have diarrhea. Just looking. I don't at know them. if you're I like, could fake it that well. That would be really hard for me. <laughs> Because my face always says everything. My face says it before I, like, I don't even have to say anything. My face just, I can't control my look if I'm annoyed by something. It's just all over my face. I wish I was better at hiding that. I know. I I, I don't have a poker face at all. And somebody say something, like, really just stupid or incorrect, or I'm just like, what the F, what are you talking about? It's all over my face. They're like, why are you making that face? I'm like, what, what do you mean? I had a boss that told me, and I love her, but I had a former boss that would tell me after, um, you know, meetings, she'd come uh -huh. in and be like, fix your face, fix your face. You can't yes! just sit there with your face. You're, do you know that you involuntarily roll your eyes? I'm like, well, I Sometimes people say stupid things and it just happens. I don't know it's happening. It just happens. And she's like, fix your face. <laughs> so like I have to, I've had to learn how to be better about that, like in work situations, because I would just like be rolling my eyes at people while they're talking because they would not because I think I'm smarter or anything like that, but okay, let's be honest in past workplaces and that I've dealt with people can't really come right out and say like, if they don't like someone or they're trying to shade them. So they do this passive aggressive thing back and forth. And so sometimes when I'm sitting in the meeting and I'm watching two people sort of like say something rude about each other, but they're doing it in the most professional way to try to throw someone else under the bus. It just annoys me. And I roll my eyes. I'm like, why don't you just say what you really want to say? Because this is really stupid. And you should go to therapy and get it out there because I don't want to waste another 10 minutes sitting in a meeting that, is already longer than it needs to be. Like that's what goes through my mind. <laughs> and then I roll my eyes and I don't even know I'm doing it. So yeah, I have a boss that would say, my past boss would always say, fix your face, fix your face.
<laughs> I I I I concur and yeah, cause my face like it tells it and says it all. And um, my even my like current boss like, what is wrong with your face? You need to fix your face. And I was just like, <laughs> what is going on? I'm like, don't worry about my face. What it's doing in there? Tell what it is. You know, I'm just like, uh, like if I and I have to fix my face. Cause sometimes my students would catch me making rolling my eyes and making a face because they would say something like really just off the wall. And I just like repeated to them like a broken record and they say something just, and I'm like, you did not get it. And then I just make a face and one of them would catch me to like start laughing. Like, what are you laughing at? And they see me, they like see my face. I'm just making this face and I'm rolling my eyes. And I was just yeah. like, I cannot believe she said this. Or I cannot believe she, you know, you're not trying to make them like, you know, sound like they're an idiot, but you're just trying, <laughs> you're just trying to be polite and just, I don't know. It, it, my face just says it all. And yeah, one time, really they, they, yeah, one time one of them did see me roll my eyes and they seen me in the mirror and I was like, uh-oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, <laughs> well, you know, you you open your mouth, you put your foot in your mouth and everything, so I can't say nothing like what I want to say, but you see it on my face. Exactly. <laughs> I can't help it. It's just, it is what it is. And as it I've gotten is. older, I'm just like, you know, I don't care. It's, I try to, I'm professional, but sometimes things just happen. <laughs> It, it does. Things just happen. You just don't want to put up. You just not full of. You just don't want to hear the bullshit. Yeah. You just like cut exactly. the chase. Get to the point. Let's get the shit over with. Let's yeah. be done. That's just how. I, that's just how I am too. I mean, that little pity patty ass, pit pat crap. And I'm just like, come mm -hmm. on now. And I get real antsy. And I'm just like, and you that's when you start seeing it on my face. I'm like, y'all need to hurry the fuck up. Wrap it up, B. Wrap it up. <laughs> I need to go. I got that's stuff to do. I'm getting tired. Yeah. I'm hungry. You know, like, let's wrap this up. That's how just how I feel like with every meeting in the past, you know, like jobs yeah. I've had. And and I would be really rude when I was younger and start snoring. <laughs> or oh I would my do God. Or I will do something just out of the sky blue, just like, oh, you know, make some kind of noise. And I'm just like, oh, my God. You know, I would do some shit like that. Now, I'm like, I'm just trying to contain myself and yeah. I would doodle or whatever, you know, just out of respect. But try to be professional and polite yeah. about it. Yeah, it's but not inside my head. I know, right? It's like, but inside my head, I'm like, hurry up. <laughs> exactly. All right. Another question. Um, I don't know. I have different answers in this. This is actually a Texas question. Which burger joint is the best in Texas? In and out or Whataburger? Oh, well, I like Whataburger. I just do. It's my favorite. Okay. Okay. So like I'm gonna ask like a sub question with this also. So which one is the best whenever you are like drunk as hell, getting out of club like at two or three o'clock in the morning? Which burger is the best to eat? I still feel like 
does this have to be one of them? I still feel like it's Waterbury because I've gone there before when I was, you know, a long time ago. You know, that doesn't happen much now because I'm old and just it takes a lot longer to recover. <laughs> I'm screaming. You're not old. You are just we are still young and very yeah, mature. We are, right. we're yeah. young, mature people. Um yeah, yeah I mean, because like I call Waterburger the drunk people food. Mm -hmm. because i feel that a water burger does like satisfy like your cravings at two that's what i feel like yeah i feel like in and out is a little i know it's different it's good i like it it's just i guess i mean to be honest i guess because i grew up with water burger as opposed to in and out is more they were a california chain that has had branched out and now there's a bunch in texas and it also just might be what i'm used to you know but I love the Waterburger burgers. They just seem bigger too than the In and Out burgers. Um, oh. I like In and Out burgers. I like. I actually like both. Um, mm -hmm. I feel that like what like Waterburger like onion rings do be slapped. And like when you have that like spicy jalapeno ranch dressing with it, that should be like slapping on. And. <laughs> And like, and like, it is, it's really good. It just hits the spot. It don't matter if you high as hell, uh, you drunk as fuck, or just like on a Friday night, they're like Friday night lights is coming up, you know, how yeah. football, high school mm -hmm. football is. And guess what? Everybody piles up like at a Whataburger. So you're going to have like those really great memories of like Whataburger. Now in and out, like I like was introduced to that years and years ago. I used to have like a boofing out there in California. So he introduced me to like animal style because I was like drunk as fuck. Mm -hmm. And I loved it. I love the animal style. So when I heard about in and out coming to Texas, I was like, hooray. So I tried the one in Arlington. Um no. And I was like hell no because i don't know if it's like the grease or something or they just did different. not get like yeah it was so different it made my stomach hurt and you know uh and you know how that is if you eat something you make your stomach hurt yeah, you know how you that just, goes. You don't forget. yeah 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 you just don't forget and so like it was like a long time since like i ate an in and out because of that and then I did go back out to California. And then um, at my time, my daughter, she was in high school and I took her, you know, to San Francisco and she ate it in and out. She's like, oh my God, this is so good. I was like, I know. And so she came, we came back and we ate it in and out here. There was the first time eating in and out here in Texas. And she's like, man, this is so different from the ones in California. She's like, I like the ones in California. I was like, I know. It's just a little different. You know, I don't know it's the taste or whatever. I don't know. I don't know. It's something about it, but yeah, they might do something different there than here. Maybe that's yeah, I know. It, and, and I mean, it's like a couple of things on the menu that like does taste like the ones in California, but uh, they still get the animal style like all kinds of like wrong. And mm -hmm. I'm like, damn, I have to go out to California just to get an animal style, a really good In and Out animal style burger. Yeah. I think sometimes we're somewhere like I do think if something originates in a certain place that it is going to be better there just because that's the OG. That's where it is. You know, that's where it originated. So, right. And I've never and had in and out in California. Like I've only had it in Texas. So I didn't have it before. Yeah. Yeah. 
you need to try it out there in California. You will notice the difference. You would definitely notice the difference. You were like, whoa, really? Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, I told you so. You know, <laughs> you know they having a water burger out there in Las Vegas. So you know that's gonna be a little bit interesting out there. I'd have to try it. I wonder, I bet it's different. It's gotta be different than I here. I know, because, you know, we always have the extra slap grease and everything, because, you know, we're the South, and, yeah, you Texas. know, we believe in our, yeah, yeah, we believe in our butter and lard and all that, and bigger size proportions, because everything is big in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> they probably have some healthy version in Vegas, and they put, like, a dollar sign on top of it or something, or for gambling, I or... <laughs> I'm screaming. <laughs> like they put some kind of gambling in the like the bun, like it's some kind of dollar burn dollar sign in it. I don't know. I just picture <laughs> it being like healthy and kind of bougie, like something like that. Or the fries have like gold salt on them. I don't know. That's what I picture in like Vegas. <laughs> oh my god! Like just. 24 karat gold soul. Yeah. No. I like Vegas though. I'm not a gambler, but I just like I like Vegas. I like the the vibe and I like, you know, just kind of walking down and going into the different hotels and the shows and stuff. So I do like it. I like Vegas. I like Vegas too, but I did like I gambled for like four days. I was like, I'm I mean, I think like on the third day, I'm like, I'm done. I'm ready to go home. Yeah, I like. I, I mean, I lost money and I won money, but that's the best thing about it is that if you win most of your money back in Vegas and come home with money, then that's a good trip. If you lose all your money and you come back looking stupid and broken and everything, then yeah, your Vegas trip sucks. Yeah, yeah, it definitely sucks, and it got some good herbal refreshments out there too, though. <laughs> It's Vegas. <laughs> I know, right? I got some good herbal refreshments. And I was like, okay, girl, y'all. I'm like, all right, y'all lit like that. Y'all lit like that. I I get it. I get it. You know what I'm saying? You know? Yeah. Awesome. You know, they got some good gummies out there, too. Well, yeah. I didn't I like... know if I was... Go ahead. I didn't know if I was going to get in trouble, you know, because I forgot I had a gummy in my uh, pocket. And I was like, at the airport... And I was like, do they get you with like having gummies? I'm trying to remember. Is it legal in Vegas or like, I know they have gummies everywhere with like, you know, it's not all like marijuana. It's like, what is it? The THC or whatever. Yeah. The THC. Um, but like, obviously in Colorado it's legal, but is it legal in Vegas? I mean, pretty much prostitution is legal in yeah, Vegas. Like, I I, yeah, yeah, it's legal in Vegas and everything because, you know, I had some herbal refreshments like outside of a hotel. Yeah, so I was going to say, like, I think that's so like, it's, legal. Yeah, so it's not like, you know, you don't have to like hide it's more it. more like and, coming on the plane back, I guess. Yeah, because yeah, like, I was like, oh, snap, I'm like. Well, I get in trouble. I was like, oh, whatever. I just, I just like put it in my mouth and just chewed it while she was <laughs> make sure you take everything out of your pocket, you know, take off your shoes and stuff, you know, doing that little check, you know, when you go through. Yeah. So I was like, all right. But I was just like, you know, like I was like really like lit and, you know, relaxed when I got on the plane, you know, just eating that gummy. It was a good, real good, strong gummy though. I went to sleep. 
I mean, I just didn't know. I'm like, am I going to get in trouble for, like, you know, having a gummy? She probably thought it was just a regular gummy, but I was just like, ah, just, just, you know, just, just make sure. Just pop it in your mouth, you know, secret, secret side and everything. I feel I don't know. they're probably used to people bringing things back, so they probably don't care, you know? There's probably yeah, too, I, too many things people are bringing back across that they're more concerned with just weapons and things like that, I would think. Right. I actually did bring back my gummies and stuff, and um, they were good gummies. They were really good. So <laughs> I'm not gonna like sit there and like waste gummies that I'll pay like thirty bucks on, you know. What would have been really bad is if you took a whole bunch because you were trying to sneak them all in and just ate all of them. Oh my god! <laughs> You'd oh. be on the plane a mess. Oh my god, that would be a hot mess right there. They were like, be like what's your face in bridesmaids, remember? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Kristen Wiig. Yeah. Yes. She was a hot mess on that plane ride though. That was terrible. <laughs> Super terrible. That's a really good movie. I know people like kind of shitted on that movie and stuff. I'm like, bro, I'm like that's it's a pretty funny, funny movie. That is a I watched funny. it a few weeks ago because I saw it on um I think it's on it's on Hulu. I just you know how they always take turns with movies either on Netflix, Hulu, Peacock, oh, yeah. whenever they all kind of make their way. But I rewatched it because I hadn't seen it for a while. And it's really a funny movie. It really is a funny movie. And Melissa so McCarthy, she, that was like her breakout role in that movie. So she when she threw her leg up to my DJ. And that's her real husband. That's her yes, real husband. Yes, it is. Yeah. It is her real husband. She like threw, she killed me when she threw that leg up like that. <laughs> you know, you know, I was like, that was so that's funny. crazy. That was crazy. All right, we're gonna be on with our next question. If you know, you guys are pretty good and everything. We're gonna go with a bonus question a little bit also. So next question is. Does horses have belly buttons? Horses. I'm going to say. I'm going to say the opposite of what I'm thinking. I'm going to say yes. <laughs> it's no, isn't it? I was going to say I no. I don't know. I don't know. I think they do or I think they don't. I don't know. It's like one of those like shoulders cat like questions like, you know, the shoulders of cat. You know, if the, if you put a cat in a box, is it alive or is it dead? That's funny. Have you heard of that? Yes. But do horses have belly buttons? I don't know. I think they do. I think every, I think every like mammal every, has a belly right? button. So I'm just going to yeah. say yes, because I was going to say yes. No. Yes. Like, I, I think, yeah, horses do have belly buttons because it's a mammal and yeah. So Was that the bonus to... question or what's the bonus one? No, the bonus one. Okay, I want you to get ready and stuff. This is like, you're going to finish a lyric of a song. So get your like game on on your music. Okay. Okay. All right. Finish the lyric of this 3-6 Mafia song. Oh God, I'm not going to know this. All right, and you and you know what you you can improvise through it. You know, all right, you ready? 
Yes. Ever since that I can remember, I've been popping my. Um. Oh. I'm trying to think of something clever. Okay. But... Every... I'm going to repeat it again. Every since that I can remember, I've been popping my. I don't know. Ugh. That's okay. That's okay. You know what? That is a okay. Collar. Collar is the answer. Every since that I can remember, I've been popping my collar. Hey, popping my collar. Hey, popping Seems my collar. Like probably something from the 80s. <laughs> I'm screaming. You know what? I had uh, Matt Michelli, and he actually finished like a lyric from Three Six Mafia. And I said, I said, finish the lyrics of this Three Six Mafia song, and it was Slob on my knob. And he actually he 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 answered it. He finished the, the lyric. I was like, that was unexpected. <laughs> I couldn't do nothing but laugh. I was like, are you serious? This dude know this song? That's I was like, slop. And then he just like finished the rest of it. I was like, I ain't. I'm like, you didn't even need no help. That's funny. That's really funny. I, it, you know, I always try to get, I always try to like throw something a little bit like just. I like that you do me. these. These are really good. <laughs> Because Thank I'm you. like wrong in like most of them, but I think it's good. That's I mean, like, because I'm gonna like start doing. I should start doing like. Oh, I don't want to do because then I'll have to like pretend I know the answer when I don't. If I ask, oh, I really so am cool. like the worst at trivia unless it's like, like some '80s, um, like pop culture stuff. Uh -huh. I don't know. I think I got stuck in the '80s. You know, I you know I asked him some eighties questions, you but did. I'm gonna ask this I'm gonna ask this question to you, like what I asked you know asked him. Um, what was the most popular uh, fruit roll up flavors in the eighties? Oh, um, I'm gonna say, was it cherry? Mm-hmm. Because I remember eating that all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it was cherry, but there was another uh I it came they came out with four flavors, but one flavor like was like the least popular of the whole fruit roll up gang. Do you know? Oh, let me think. Like apricot? Yes, that was it. Apricot was the least favorite one of the fruit. See, you already know. I was going to say, because I'm not like a, I don't mind apricots, but I didn't like apricot in like that kind of a, because you know how the texture with fruit roll-ups is? It's a, it's a yes. apricot in a fruit roll-up texture was not good. And so that was based on my own experience. Like, yes, apricot. Yeah. That, yep. Yeah. That was like. I know, like, back then, like, we didn't have, like, the chance of, like, eating fruit roll-ups because, you know, hey, I don't know. It's just something about, like, a black household. Like, hey, I want some fruit roll-ups. No, you ain't getting no fruit roll-ups. You're, like, <laughs> you're, like, sad and shit. And they're, like, that's too high. 
you know, and even with Oreos, can we get some Oreos? That's too high. And I'm like, oh, shit, it's just Oreos. They started but, making, like, a bunch of, I think my mom would even buy the generic ones. You know how they always make generic brands of all the stuff that, but it doesn't taste as good. No, it really it doesn't. Yeah, but um, but yeah, I had, but I had the chance to um eat a apricot fruit roll up. That was the nastiest stuff. Yeah, I like like I, I like apricots, like dried apricots. Me too. But the but the fruit roll up of like the apricot would just did not agree with me. But I always stuck. I didn't like cherry that much because. I just like the strawberry ones, but I didn't like the cherry ones because I had cherry ones and I was just like, eh, it's okay, but it's just not my cup of tea, but the strawberry ones. Strawberry was good too. And I'm not a huge, I love strawberries, but I don't like strawberry ice cream. I just, I don't know what it is. I don't like it in that, but I did like the strawberry fruit roll-ups. I liked fruit roll-ups, but yeah, the apricot one, I must have remembered it because it immediately came to my head when you asked what is the least favorite it just didn't have this there's just something weird about an apricot fruit roll-up it shouldn't exist yeah i i wasn't uh i wasn't big on like um the fruit roll-up apricot flavored one but the strawberry yeah like anybody didn't want their fruit roll i'm like yo i need you know give it to me or they like used to sell it in a cafeteria was like a quarter or 30 cents Mm -hmm. and stuff and you're like oh you get it like all excited i don't know like back in the 80s like when we eat at the cafeteria you always had like the snacks like the chips and the fruit roll-ups and the ice cream and capri, remember capri suns everybody always had that yes i like the fruit like the fruit cooler like the yeah. fruit one or the tropical one like that yeah. was that was the shit right there like the fruit roll the capri sun i still drink capri sun I know. Just and a Hawaiian punch. I used to drink that Hawaiian punch. I can't, I can't do Hawaiian. I can't do Hawaiian punch. <laughs> it is very sweet. I don't drink it now, but I used to. Oh gosh, I can't. I can't drink Hawaiian. I'm like, uh, uh, uh. Like, too sweet. Too sweet. Too cold. I tried. I mean, even like if you pour like seven up or like sprite in it like as like a punch or something for like everybody to consume it's still i can't do it it's just too much it's way too much but david thank you so much for joining me oh my gosh i have had a wonderful time me too so amazing and i know um we talked like when I did your show and I was like, yeah, let's get together and just do it. You know, I'll, you know, have you on my show and everything. So tit for tat right there. Well, I'm very much. Go ahead. I I know it's just saying like for us just to be in Texas and Mm -hmm. I feel that like it's really, uh, it's really special to like be um, connected to um, a lot of people that is doing like content that is in the state of the Lone Star State, and it's a big freaking state. But I like that we do have like social media to be in contact with each other, or we discover each other and things like that. You know, we follow each other's work and and you know, especially and everything in, in the horror genre. I feel like there. It, 
while it is, you know, mainstream and stuff, I do feel like it's a smaller niche, you know, in terms of maybe people out there creating the kind of content that we put out. Um, mm -hmm. because it is, it's, it is a niche. It's, it's not the typical, you know, what a lot of people are putting, dissing them, but it's the, oh, I'm pretty. Look at me. I'm built. Look at me. I'm wearing my bathing suit. Look at, you know what I'm saying? It's very cosmetic. Yeah. Whereas, and, and that has its place and people have talent that do that. You have to, you know, everybody has their lane and I'm not hating on it. It's just, I appreciate the horror related genre and people having knowledge in whatever part of that world is for them and seeing other people doing it, it is definitely more of a niche and it even is a smaller kind of audience. So to find somebody else like yourself that's doing it, I thank you for saying what you said, but I also appreciate it. I think it's great. Um, you're welcome, you're welcome. And you know, um, it is, it's a, it's a, horror is a, is a niche and it really is. And, you know, like you said, you have other people that do, like, content that's like, oh, look, you know, work out, do this and everything else, blah, 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 blah. But, you know, you have those that want to see something different. They right. want to, like, be, you know, they, you know, you can see that regularly, like, how, how I put it, since I'm in a beauty business, you see every girl that want to do, like, a same face beat with the same eyebrows the lip right. liner and everything else and yeah. i was like you that is so cookie cutter but whereas with us all of us in horror are doing something while it may be similar like your channel is different from my channel like we mm -hmm. do different things in the horror genre that's why it's so much more to me variety because like you said right. it's not cookie cutter and it isn't cookie cutter and um you know, I mean, you're going to have those people who don't understand us. I mean, like you said, they think we're the weirdos, but we're not weirdos. We just love a particular, you know, genre of film. It doesn't matter if it's um, novels, literature, uh, shows, you know, whatever. And it doesn't make you a weirdo. It's just you just love, like, the horror. You just love horror. And... And, you know, you do have people that gatekeep in horror, which they need to stop doing right. that. But mm -hmm. horror is actually for everybody. And, you know, you're not trying to, like, press up and push horror on people who don't like horror. Um, right. You know, and, and you're like, all right, okay, cool. You know what I'm saying? But they, but this the trip. This is the trip right here. They don't even know, like, some of the movies that they watch they think it's a drama is actually a horror, a horror. movie. Yeah. yeah! And I was like sitting there like, do y'all know that like really the and I'm like the color purple. And I was like, do you know that's actually a horror like story mm -hmm. for like Thiele and Shook and everything for like black women in the in the 30s and stuff, like yep. with domestic violence and stuff? I was like, that's like a horror. That's a horror. It's a black woman's horror. Yep. Yeah, people don't realize that some of the films they like you said it's 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 horrific for other people it is horror for some people you know right and and horror can be real life for people yep. you know it really can that's like one of my slow real life can be horror it really can yep it really really can but uh tell my lovely audience like where they can 
find you. Yeah. Every all that good stuff right there. Yeah. So just search the Marino show like on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, just like at the Marino show, and you'll find my show. Also, um, follow Austin Music TV because I'm a big supporter of um, public access and public broadcasting because that's where people get to. There are a lot of other shows on the station that I'm on, whether it's music related or what I do, but people are out there doing a lot of like, like yourself, creating content and they're doing it. They're not getting paid to do it. We're all doing it because we love it. And it's, you know, it's to provide a service to the public. So support your public, you know, your public service stations, your public access stations and yeah, Awesome Music TV. And then the Marino show, you'll find it on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. I have a TikTok, but I have not mastered that because I don't know. TikTok's a whole different thing. And it's just, I'm just not good at it, but whatever. <laughs> I actually deleted my TikTok. I still have an account on it, but I deleted it, the out the whole app. It's 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 different. Um, it's good for, you know, there's some people who are really good at it. I'm just not that I don't feel like my um and like my content lends itself to that as much. I don't know. It's just not, I don't know, not my thing. We're, we're just not, we're just not cool and popular. No, we're not. But you know what? I'm all about the underdog. <laughs> so I like not being popular sometimes. It's fine. And, you know, and I, it's, nothing, it's nothing wrong with it. No, there isn't. No. There isn't. No, I, I think like, and you, you mentioned like how people are passionate about what when we make our um, content and we're not paid for, especially with public access, because, you mm -hmm. know, um, that's like all by donations and things like that. For right. People, you know, sponsors yeah. the viewers and things like that. And, you know, we're not getting paid for it. You know, we, this is like from the bottom of our hearts. This is our passion. This is like our babies, our creativity of right. what, we, what we put out there. And, um, you know, you have, like I said, there's things that like on social media, like with some people's content, that's very cookie cutter. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, some people don't have like a really a very genius or a creative clue or, or anything in their body and they will copy off of people or whatever yeah. but you know when you have something that's very original um something that you you know you can just you have your regular job and then you're like oh wow let me go do this and everything and you write out a little script or you have your mm -hmm. ideas that's like where i see the passion and like the work that's put in um with the with y'all that i have connected to and i was like Same. damn this is so fucking impressive Same i am like, i am like and and i'm like the talent that y'all have it it just like literally just impresses me and i would love to see more a lot of us grow and like prosper and be very successful and it's not all about like oh i'm like you know instagram famous or whatever like that it's more of like you just being who you are your authentic self and not just only just putting on just great content it's just it's more to that it's more than life itself yeah it really is it and really is you touch lives and shit like do. that and like what you and i do i think is in some ways is similar and then in some ways is different 
but I think the similar thing with you and I is that while we may do horror related stuff, there's a lot of talk in our interviews just with people about real life, like real life that it's pretty and it's messy and we're not perfect and we're not coming at you like we have all the answers and that we're perfect. I like to come at it as you do. I'm a flawed person and I'm just a regular person doing something I love. And I like to bring up these issues and conversations and mm -hmm. be real because I find, and I think we talked about this in, in the interview with you, what I find on social media, while there is a lot of positive with it, sometimes mm -hmm. I think it's harmful that the downside to social media, while it gives us all this great platform to give our content or present our content, it also is a place where people only put forward the perfect image, the perfect mm -hmm. parts of their lives. Like here I am on this thousand, thousands of dollar vacation that you don't know how they paid for it. Or here I am looking beautiful, but it's filtered. You know, they're, what I like about you and me and other people like us that are creating content is that I feel there's a realness, there's a rawness. And you're not trying to portray yourself as perfect because there is no such, such thing. So I appreciate that we present a real picture to people. So they're not trying to live up to an expectation that isn't real. And you know this being in the beauty business that, yes, you can sell beauty, but you're also real about it. You know, like it. there's something with people that, are just say what they mean, mean what they say, and present life and all of its prettiness and ugliness and just do it without apology. And I, that's what I appreciate about you. And that's why I'm glad there are people like you and me and others like us out there that maybe we don't have the largest following in the world, but that doesn't mean those people won't find us, like us, right. those like us. Because there's a lot of people like us, I think. They out there, just like on X Files. They're out there, like they, they are. are. They're out there. <laughs> they they are. are. And oh, and thank you so much. You got you put like a big old Kool Aid smile on my face. But it's true. <laughs> I say that like in a very because I get tired of seeing. Look, I I'm all about the imperfections and people. Like I'm much more interested in your failures sometimes, not because I don't want you to be successful, but mm -hmm. I think we all have something to share with people about how we overcome things and get better and are successful. But I think it's also important to talk about the hardships that come with anything in life and whatever you are successful. And I can guarantee you that there were plenty of things that didn't go your way. And it's important to also share that so that people understand that what they may see on social media, it takes work. Even what you're doing and what I do now, it's not like we just post whatever. I mean, you edit, you have to like put it on. You have to like curate what you're going to talk about. You have to think it out. Like, what are you going to say? Like, it's not just, yes, it's a passion, but it also, there's work to it as well. Work comes with it as well. It, it really, really, really do. Especially when I, uh pop on ig for a live yeah and i'm just like well at least my hair is combed and, I <laughs> and I, 
And you know, it was it, it, that's that's me because I'm not. I mean, it's sometimes you see me having makeup on, and sometimes I have little makeup on or whatever like that. But it's all me, you know. Mm -hmm. And you know that that's just how I am. I'm gonna be real raw, regular. You see me, you know, that's me in rare form. And yeah. and you know, I, I'm not gonna like apologize or nothing like that. I throw like a little silly joke or whatever like that. But still, um. That's just me just showing like all my flaws, like how beautiful I am, my flaws and everything else. You might see me like looking half ass sleepy or half dead, but I'm still going to like throw out a review. I'm still going to talk about something. I'm still going to be uh, 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 stuttering it's or whatever. The same, I feel the same way. There's some days when I'll put on like, you know, I'll make myself look, you know, a jacket and look, try to look cute or whatever. And then other days I just have a headband on. And I'm interviewing people because I just... I don't have the energy that day to try. <laughs> just like this I is what know. I look like. I had a long day at work. I just took a shower after my workout. I'm putting a headband on. I'm putting my t-shirt on, and this is what it is. Because this isn't about me. It's about you. And I may look ratchet, but this is what it's gonna be today. <laughs> exactly. That's just yeah. how I feel too. I mean, I'm just I like I'm in my chair just chilling. I ain't done nothing to my head, and I'll just. I'm just out here just chilling in my in my chair with my ripped up jeans and my little crop top shirt, you know, with my mom boobs and everything else, looking like a domestic goddess and my hair, <laughs> my hair and talking to you, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm comfortable, I'm chill like that. I don't need to be sitting up there like some little square and I got my little, you know, like I'm dressed professionally and stuff. No, we finna like talk. This yep. ain't like we ain't on 60 seconds. This ain't no prime time. This ain't no ABC after school special type shit and everything. We gonna be talking on the random horror show because I like to make y'all feel at home and y'all are special. Oh, and you do. And I have felt special during this entire time. So thank you so much for having me. You welcome, you welcome, you welcome. Cause you know, shit, I just that's just how I am. <laughs> <laughs> I just keep stuff just like shoot y'all on the show like y'all talk y'all talk shoot y'all take I'm like this y'all I'm presenting y'all you know that's that's it you know it ain't about me it's about you yep I love it <laughs> yay this was good thank you thank you I'm sorry I took so much of your time it's like over two hours no that's all right shoot this is I mean. Well, I'm just going to say it like this. Like, there's a lot of people that speak. And you know what? Like, I'm going to let you speak. Because really, it's not about, like, we got to be on a certain time or whatever like that. It's just more of, like, y'all being very comfortable and just telling who, you know, my audience who you are, what you do. And it's, like, no limit to it because I'm not, like, going to sit there, like, mm -mm, time, mm -mm. You gotta go. yeah i'm not yeah. like that you know just keep talking you feel comfortable and then you come to a point like where like okay all right i'm good <laughs> yeah. like, all right cool you know what i'm saying but uh but yeah i ain't i ain't pressed on y'all time like that i'm just not like that for real no, well i appreciate it this has been really cool no and let me know when you put it up and if you have it edited i'm cool whatever um 
just let me know when you put it up and then I'll um I'll share it. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'll let you know and everything because you know I'll I'll probably be editing when I do like my cat sitting and stuff like that. I'm gonna oh, edit this fine. out. Yeah, right yeah. There. But like, yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and um, you know, I'll let you know and I will have you to like send you know some of your stuff and everything so i can like put it in the um when i wrap posting and stuff all but, right yeah. cool no problem what well, are you gonna anyway, do for the rest of today uh do some of this like school shopping i don't know i don't know if i want to want to catch a movie or do i want to go to joanne's and buy some like i've got to go to like Halloween the bookstore and get my aunt a birthday a book that she wants um other than that not doing much but like it's so damn hot Ugh. it really is that's really and i don't mind the heat like i like the heat i prefer that over the cold but it's been a different level of hot lately like the kind that just makes you feel like shit when you're outside for too long it like really it. is because that's the reason why i'm have my pretty ass up in this house until it gets really cool cool down and then that's like where me and my son we're gonna trek out and stuff because i can't do all this damn heat and um i take you know uh synthroid because my thyroid and everything oh and okay like heat and you have Doesn't thyroid well. yeah mm-mm, 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 cause, mm-mm. hell no so reason why i'm in here in the house and i'm just wait till everything kind of goes down and stuff and we have burn bands so we can't burn nothing the grass is like all dry and that's dead. how it is and often it's just it's the same gross i mean and you know what we have like some wasps that's like on the side of the house and i'm sitting there looking at them one day and they are hot and i and i seen them go to get water so i'm gonna set some water out for the wasp i know that's a little interesting right there no like i'm gonna kill some wasps but i'm like no i need to like give them some water because they are thirsty and i'm like i'm feeling bad for the bugs yeah there's nothing to drink anywhere they're like dying yeah i know And, and you know like wasp sting you but i was just like you know what i'm just gonna make peace and just give them some water because i don't know i just feel like it's just i know they sting and i know they're insects but still i was just like you know what they trying to make it just like us i don't mind bees i hate spiders though they can die i ugh. Ah! <laughs> i like spiders though. they I scare do like me I don't mind most bugs except spiders. I don't know. They, I always think of arachnophobia. I just don't like them. They freak me out. Ugh. Oh my god! Well, yeah, Which, by the way, little... I heard they're remaking arachnophobia. Why? I'm, I don't know. I'm hoping it's not shitty, but or that they don't oh. try to CGI because arachnophobia. They didn't CGI those spiders. Those were real spiders. Yeah, that was like the whole point of arachnophobia. Why I liked it because it was like real ass spiders in there. But I'm afraid that anything they do these days, they they can make so things look so real that it's fake. So I don't know. It's a good thing to like use CGI and stuff, but then sometimes when you CGI a lot of things, it just looks so fake as hell. But 
if you do like a mix of it and it's like a really good mix of it that's fine you know, yeah. practical effects and that oh yeah i like that but, but if i were an actor and they offered me to be in a film like arachnophobia and i had to be around a bunch of, i'd have to say no i'd be like there's no way i can do that i'm sorry no I'll be, like, <laughs> I'll be like yeah even if it's like a film about snakes and stuff i'll be like yeah i i yeah. can deal with snakes i don't i some reason snakes don't bother me it's spiders they just all their legs and ugh, ugh. <laughs> yeah i got bit by a spider not too long ago so i'm just like okay i have a friend that she's really in her and her husband are like nature like they do bird stuff like they do like surveys they go out into the wild they hold snakes they, she loves holding spiders. I'm just like, that's great. Enjoy. I will <laughs> be doing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everybody has things that they love and they're into. That will never be me. Nope. Give me like a air-conditioned cabin. I will not go outside with all the bugs and all that crap. Not doing it. It's like, okay, that's great. Awesome. Wonderful. I have oh. no problem with nature. It's just I always feel like when you're in in nature and people get you hear about people getting mauled by bears or like attacked by sharks. I'm like, that's because you're in their house. <laughs> what do you expect? <laughs> I'm not doing that. <laughs> I live in the country because I know my son. He went camping the other like last week. And I was like, what's the whole point of y'all camping? He went with his step um his step aunt and uncle. I was like, what's the whole point of y'all camping? We leave in the country. And what do you say? He's like, I don't know. And I was just like, I said, we live in the country. Basically, our house is like in, in the woods and stuff. That's like camping, but we just live in the cabin. <laughs> <laughs> That's true though. That's all you got to do is just walk out the house and go in the woods. So are you out in the country, like your house? Oh, yeah. Like way out in the country and lit, like our family, this is like our family land and we have like cows, chickens, all of that, ducks and stuff like that. So yeah, we live way off in the woods and it's a little small community outside of Henderson. I can't, I know it's like, it's great for people that are like retired and they have families and yada, yada, this and everything. Um, but me as being single, I'm in my 40s and like, I'm yeah. like, I need a grocery store. I need this. I need all of that. Um, I'm more of like, you know, of like somebody that lives like in a neighborhood, like, like suburbs or some shit like that so like in but, the city of henderson is it more i mean like in the city city is that somewhere you would move or do you want to move to like a larger place or what are you kind of looking at when you do move out like i actually want to like move to like a larger city but like more of like the outskirts yeah like something like 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 georgetown or round rock like I can do those right there. Like I'm cool with that. It's just as long as I can like close to a city, to the airport and all of that stuff, I'm fine. But I'm more of like, let's move in the suburbs. Let's be in the neighborhood. You know, as long as I have like the store, there's a park and all that stuff like that. 
I'm good with, you know, I'm cool I with get that. it. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And that, those are nice areas outside of Round Rock. And my friend lives in Gerald, which is right outside of Georgetown. So mm -hmm. that's a smaller town outside of a larger city. So she bought a house in Gerald. The, one of the smaller ones oh wow yeah and i'm just saying like austin is like we're, we're like austin start now and i was like look and i'm going to georgetown and my friend she lives out there i was like oh wow austin came all the way to georgetown yeah a lot of people are moving out of austin because it's so expensive and the suburbs are more like people are moving out to the outer cities yeah, yeah, because well, um, it's a nice area that she lives in. And, like, my kids are, like, very encouraging, and they like, we'd rather see you be very happy, you know, where you are, you know, you're in a place where you can flourish, and you could do a lot more things. Yeah. I'm like, I love y'all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they understand and everything, but I, it's it's just too. I don't know. It just feels like here. It just cramps my style, and I still feel like I still feel like an outsider here. Well, and like you said, you kind of want to grow and branch out in your industry, and you know, I mean, you're. I'm sure you're doing really well there, but it would be nice for you to be able to move to a different place and do what you're doing and branch out more and meet, you know, more people in the industry and kind of like continue to evolve in your career. You know, I think that's right. important for all of us because we're all growing all the time. I don't think you ever get to a place where you're not growing, but it definitely helps when you put yourself around people that some people who have, like I've done, you know, I feel like that my job that I'm in now, people who have, a different, more experience sometimes in you and certain things and they can like, mm -hmm. you grow, you know, from other people. So. Yeah, yeah, you do. And, you know, and, and one of the things that like, I know you have experienced it is like an imposter syndrome. Oh God. And yeah. Yeah. Oh, sh shit. It's the worst. It is the worst when you, your brain will tell you that you're not good at what you're doing and you shouldn't be doing it. Yeah. It's terrible. Oh yeah. It's real terrible. And, and I'm trying not to like feel like that, that sometimes, and then like, um, you know, people will like comment me, like say, you're doing a great job. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Try to like humble myself down. But then I was like, why am I doing that? You know, to myself, I should, you know, appreciate accept them it. yeah and accept it but i know that is like something you know back in my childhood that somebody says something to me and you know i thought i was like oh i'm doing great and they were like just really just like killed me you know because they were very critical and negative and that's the reason why I like sit there and just thought about us. And, you know, somebody was very negative and critical towards me of whatever I was doing or, you know, or something. And that's the reason why I do myself like that. And I was like, I gotta go. I was like, you gotta I gotta go to therapy. And I was like, and damn, I, I gotta go well, to therapy. A lot of it is just, and I'm still very much learning this nowhere, mm -hmm. you know, like I think, I have my own negative things too. And it's hard that I go down that rabbit hole, but I, 
talk to myself and re like when I have the negative thought of, Oh, I'm not good enough or that can't be true. Like you have to like actually say something positive to yourself that reaffirms mm -hmm. it. It is true. I am good at what I do. Um, and it's like, you have to counter the negative with positive and it's hard to do if you're not used to that. Like I wasn't used to doing that. My therapist really mm -hmm. kind of tries to help me think differently. Or when I start going down that rabbit hole, think of the other end of it. What are the positives? Like what, oh, mm -hmm. what if this happens? Like I'm always the fear. What if I don't do this well? Or what if I screw up? Or she's like, or what if everything goes really well? What if you are successful in this? And what if like, stop sabotaging yourself and, and think of the other way. You just have to like talk to yourself and change your sure. mind like you're the what your mind is doing you have to like reverse it and start saying the other thing so yeah but it's, it's easier said than done it is it's easier said than done and it's but like my daughter she told me she's like mama you a bad bitch you know i was like why is she's like mama you just the baddest bitch ever i was like what i said like, don't call me that she's like no mom you're like very beautiful and you're so strong and you're this and that. I was like, okay. Um, yeah, and you need to believe that when people, t especially like your daughter. I mean, isn't that like the most, I mean, of anybody you'd want to hear that from, isn't that such a great thing to hear? Because you're a role model for her. Yeah, it, it she just, she's just, I mean, she is just, yeah, this is where I get my beauty from. This is like, you know, that's how she looks. So she looks at me as a role model. And I, I don't, it's just one of those parenting things. Like, you just taken back from it. It's not like negative, but you're just like, whoa, really? Um, because, you know, I don't, I don't know. I just never seen myself as a role model for like people or like. I think it's know, because. Our definition, what we've been taught in uh -huh. America, American culture is that being a role model or being like, like being something to somebody means that you're, that means you make a ton of money, you're successful in all these things and that you're like, I think what people view as role models isn't what I think the definition we have in our head is not what really a role model is. A role model is somebody who they actually show you their flaws and they give you like you do your daughter. You give her advice on what not to do. Like, here's where I messed up. Here's what I don't want you to do. And so being a role model is showing your successes and also because that's how people, they love the honesty. Like they can look up to you because you could admit I did really well in this, in this area of my life, not so much. This is why I want you to do better. And that's what a role model is. It's not being perfect and having everything, like just all your T's crossed. I think it's the opposite. I think it's being, like you said, when we were just talking, being a role you model just, is being real, you know? You just being your your authentic self and even like you said your flaws and your failures too and yeah. you tell people about your failures and I always tell my kids like if you failed at something does not mean that you're not good at it. I said you look at your failure as a lesson 
and not make the same thing again. I say failures are your learning lesson. They're not there for you to say, well, I failed. And they don't I, define and you. And, and they don't define you. This is like one of your learning lessons of like of your growth. And they get that. I mean, even that. I always look at even the most successful people that you can see in, you know, on television, whatever. Oprah Winfrey, when she started her network, the first year was not, it was a failure. And she mm -hmm. said that. She said, I had to, I was so successful for all these years doing my own show that I just assumed that whatever else I did was going to be as successful. And it wasn't. She had to retool it, re, you know, redo some things. And then it started growing when she kind of learned from the stuff that didn't work. And she had made the assumption that she was just going to be successful because she'd already been successful at the show. And see, that's a perfect example of you're not going to be successful in everything that you do. Even if you're great at one area, doesn't mean that you're automatically going to be great in this other place. You know, that doesn't mean anything. And but you learn, like you said, you learn from the failures. And that's what makes people role models is how they... It's how they recover and how they build themselves up after things don't go well and they keep going. That's what makes a role model. They keep, no matter how many hits they've taken, they're able to get back up and keep moving. That's to me, that's a role model. So yeah. that's what your kids see you as, and you should see yourself as that too. We all have things and, but I get the imposter syndrome. It is very, hard to overcome that that when you have that in your head yeah it really is it just is oh my god but i hate they, it i fucking hate this shit too though like i really do and i just uh and, and, and it makes me cry and i'm like i shouldn't feel like this because i'm like okay I'm in my 40s, but I should not feel it. I shouldn't feel like this when my 30s and like in my 20s, but why I'm feeling like this. Oh, I know. I was, I'm like, I thought I was like assured of myself right now because I like this part of like my, you know, of being in my 40s. I like this, but why am I still feeling this imposter syndrome? And I was just like, oh gosh. I was like, this is something I just need to work on. And and something that I need to like tell, you know, that do you really believe in yourself? I'm like, yeah, I do. And I'm like, well, why do you still have a problem with this? I was like, well, you know, there's some things that you have blocked or like somebody have said something and it really hurts your feelings. Right. And so it, it, you let that person or that little thing that they said to you control how you are feeling. So I was like, okay, that's some things that I need to work on. And then we always, we always like a work in progress and everything. We always yeah. are. Yeah. I'll well, let you get to the rest of your day. <laughs> well, uh, thank you so much, David. Appreciate yes, thank it. Thank you. Ah, this wonderful Sunday fun day. Yes. And I'll talk right. to you soon. I'll be messaging you on social. All right, dude. All right. And um, everybody, y'all go follow David. Uh, 
of the Marino show, like on Instagram and YouTube, follow his little shorts and stuff. They're so cute. Um, he has like really great interviews with a lot of uh, people that is like in the uh, film industry, like indie horror, uh, just different, like just a melange of people. And this is Keisha Lacey signing off with the Random Horror Show. Thank you so much. And y'all have a great one. Cool. All right. Well, I'll talk <laughs> to you soon. All right, then. Okay. You take care. Have a wonderful uh, rest of the day. You too. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye.